You're listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson, where we encourage you to stay strong and keep the faith with life-relevant Christian messages on the go. If you enjoy this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give us a positive review wherever you are listening. Now here's Lawson Whitson. Luke chapter 7, verse 19. You ready for the word? And John. Now this is not the Apostle John. This is John the Baptist. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus. Now look at this. Sent them to Jesus. Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Question mark. When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? And that very hour, he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind, he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Then he sums it up and says, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Amen. Amen. Tonight, this teaching, my my title is this. It's kind of an instruction. The title is kind of an instruction. Protect your faith. Protect your faith. Can we bow our heads? Father, Lord, we're just hungry for your word. We live off of every word that proceeds out of your mouth. God, speak to this people and use me to do it tonight. It's my prayer. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. You can be seated. You might think it Maybe not so odd that John would ask such a question. But you have to understand what has happened prior to John asking the question. Are you the one? What he is saying is he sent two of his disciples, two of his ministry team, to go and ask Jesus, are you sure you're the one? Or are we to look for another? Hang on a minute, John. You're the same John that baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. You're the same John that proclaimed as he's walking down the bank of the Jordan, Behold the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. John, you've already told the world that he was the one and that he is the one. Cousin of Jesus. In fact, at their first meeting, they were still in the womb of their mothers. He was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. The scripture says that when Mary, Jesus' mother, told Elizabeth, John's mother, that the babe leaped inside of her womb. 
John has been proclaiming him as the Christ from before birth. Amen. He was the one standing in the river, only granted to one person could be the privilege and honor of baptizing the Lord Jesus. Jesus steps into the water where John is baptizing, and John says, I'm in need to be baptized of you. In other words, I'm not worthy. I, but, but the Lord said, suffer it to be so to fulfill all righteousness. What he is saying is, we're setting a pattern here for people to follow me. It was John in the river that not only baptized Jesus, but heard the voice of his Father, Almighty God, from heaven when the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. John was there to hear God from heaven proclaim, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. But a lot has happened in John's life since that day. He is at the height of his ministry when Jesus comes on the scene. And he even tells others that he must decrease. In other words, he needs to back up into the shadows because the Messiah has now come. He was even called the forerunner, the one to prepare the way of the Lord. And it was all good, and he was all good with proclaiming it when the crowd was big and he was popular. But now Jesus is taking center stage. And in our text, if you read it before where I began, you will learn that John is now in prison. John has been in prison for doing the right thing. Some of you need to hear me today. Because good people go through bad things. Some of you are shaken at the core of your faith. Either because of the trial you have just came out of. Or the one that you are entering into. Or the one that you are in the middle of. John was bold to proclaim to the world the divinity of Jesus in the Jordan into the masses. But now locked up in prison for calling the ruler out because of adultery. Now there's no crowd around John. There's no multitude standing around waiting to hear him. He's not in the spotlight, he's in the dim light of a dungeon with vermin and feces and next to nothing to eat and if you did get anything, it was putrid. Now, knowing that it doesn't look too good for him, John the Baptist has been injured in his faith and shaken to the very core and ask. You, you, you can tell his heart condition by the question that he asked. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If 
you want to know where someone's heart is, just listen to them for a little while. They will speak the things most dear to them. If a person is in faith, you won't have to listen very long because their words will reveal the faith that they strive for and they bask in. But so is the case when it is doubt and not faith. John, out of all the people in the world, why would you ask Jesus, are you the one? Let let me tell you why. It's because it doesn't matter how anointed you are. It doesn't matter how called you are. It doesn't matter how successful you have been. You as a human being will go through trials and times in your life to where you will have unanswered questions. You will have unanswered questions. Why, God? You will be like, God, where are you? I'm I'm ministering to some folks right now. I I know I've even had texts and phone calls the last two days that confirmed this word, that this is what was supposed to be spoken. But because we have this mentality and we have this thought, this nobody really told us this. We We just kind of assumed this all on our own. That if we belong to Him and we're born into His family and if we're doing the right things and and we're trying to be obedient and we're really striving, then bad things should never come to us. But let me tell you, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. The only difference is the Holy Spirit is giving you not just to keep you from, but to walk with you through. He is now imprisoned tons of questions, unanswered questions as to why. After you do the work of God, the will of God, he even bringing the word of God, Now John is in prison. His faith shaken to the very core. His current circumstances are severely injuring the strong faith that he has so strongly proclaimed for so long. I don't care who you are, how much you've done for God, or how much God has done through you. Your faith is vulnerable to attack. And you have to protect it. You only see the trials that he allows you to go through. You won't know till you get to heaven how many he kept you from. You're asking why now? Why this? It could be the Lord saying... My child, I've I've saved you from a whole list of them that you don't even know about. But this one, I'm allowing you to go through. Now, now not always, okay? This is not a blanket statement. This is just one reason why you go through. Sometimes it's to get you to refocus on where your faith truly is supposed to be. Sometimes God will allow something that is bigger than you are. Amen. I would rather go to heaven halt 
or maim or cripple than to go into hellfire whole. The Lord chastens those whom He loves. And I'm not saying every trial you go through is a whipping from Jesus. Okay? Don't, don't throw it all in. This is, these are not uh, e- exclusive statements I make. I'm, I'm just saying sometimes. Sometimes God allows some things because He's more concerned with your destiny. He's more concerned with your purpose than He is your pleasure. And your comfort. You've probably never heard the thought or felt the need to protect your faith. I have never preached that in the thousands of times that I've been in a pulpit. To protect your faith. I've talked about healing your faith. I've talked about injured faith. Talking about recovering from things. But tonight, I I just know that the Lord gave me this message that you need to protect your faith. We protect everything else that is valuable to us. We protect our lives. We wear our seat belts. We protect our families, our homes, our finances, our children, our reputation. We have home insurance, car insurance, health insurance, life insurance, accident insurance, and umbrella policies if those are not enough. We believe in protecting things. We have burglar alarms and fire alarms and doorbells with video cameras in them, neighborhood watch programs, the blood of Jesus, and plenty of guns. So we're all about protecting things. But if not careful, we will leave the most important thing, the only thing, the only catalyst that can take us into the desired eternity. We leave our faith unguarded. You cannot subject your faith to every voice, to every entertainment, to every opinion. You have to protect it just like you would protect your young child. I'm not going to allow them to watch that. I'm not going to allow them to hear that. That's the way we should be with protecting our faith. My faith is all I have. My faith is what I feel the preacher coming on now. My faith is what led me to Jesus. My faith is what healed my body. My faith is what saved my soul. My faith is where my hope is in. My faith is where I call angels over my family. I'm not going to subject it to just any thing to injure it. Amen. God does nothing except He does it through faith. Is it any wonder why that is where you're attacked the most? Oh, yeah, we could be like John the Baptist, man. We can proclaim it. We can even say it in old English if we get really anointed. I mean, you know, man, we we can let it rip when we're on the mountaintop, right? But when we are the ones, when we are the ones and we're going through it and there's things that we don't understand and 
you, you know what? It, it, it's easier to preach than it is to live at times. Can I hear an amen? We need to be a defender of the faith. The faith, the message, the gospel. And absolutely aware of the threats to our personal faith. You don't need to be reading novels from agnostics. You don't need to be reading papers from atheists. Why subject your faith to something that's going to, you know, going in, it's going to, it's going to injure your faith. Years ago, there was a young man that went to this church, aspired to ministry, studied the Word, got to where he could quote it, knew it. I'm talking, he, he knew the Word. But then a spirit of pride set in on him. He thought that he would try to get the viewpoints of others. Started reading the works of atheist. And do you know what? His faith was not strong enough to endure it. And if I've ever heard of a person blaspheming, you know, there is one unforgivable sin. It's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. What would that look like? It would look like after you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. After you have experienced and then you to turn around and say there's nothing to it. If that's not blasphemy, then, then I'm totally ignorant. I do not know what it is if that is not it. But it started with not keeping the faith, the personal faith protected. A lot of people in the church back when that happened years ago, and it's been over a decade ago, was trying to email and trying to reason and trying to, do apologetics and trying to argue, not me, because I don't argue with fools. Oh, I know what some of you said because you read the word called no man a fool. The Bible says, the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. If you reason with a fool, be careful because you might be graded or judged with them. Pastor, don't you believe in repentance? Absolutely, I do. But after a person has known and willfully turns around and willfully spits on it and says there's nothing to it, I pray God have mercy upon their soul and I stay focused and going right down the middle road of the Word, and I want to tell the church that I am privileged to pastor. You need to protect your faith. You need to protect the faith of your children. You need to protect the faith of your entire family. Be careful what entertainment comes across your TV and your computer. Know what websites your kids are going to. Quit trying to be their buddy and be their parent. And it's okay to be the bad guy now. We got a lot of good parents in this church. But I commend Pastor and Sister Clark. A lot of other good parents here. But man, I, I, you, you want to know how to do it, talk to them too. 
you need to know what's going on in your children's life. Amen. You need to be conscious of what you allow in your own life. You know why so many children are jacked up? Even that go to church? It's because they get a double message in the home from the parents. And moving on. Let me roll on out of that one. It's easy to be like John when things happen. We don't understand. It attacks our faith. We are quick to ask, why God? I'm right there with you. But when a loved one dies, when we get a bad report from the doctor, when a marriage fails, a job is lost, when we are forsaken or betrayed by a friend or a relative, when there's no rhyme or reason and and you're totally innocent and no fault of your own, we have all been there, but you have to be careful when you are going through that valley that you do not allow it to injure or to hurt your faith. You need to protect your faith. Don't get stupid ideas going through your mind. Do not blame God or charge Him foolishly. Job went through all he did and never, the Bible says he never sinned against God with his mouth. Even at the suggestion of his wife, why don't you curse God and die? Job goes back to worship and says, the Lord gives. And if it was his to give, it's his to take away. But he said, but blessed be the name of the Lord. It's easy to praise God on Sunday with the house full. You just got a raise on Friday and everything's great. Amen. But when you're going through the trial of your life, you're taking care of, of a special needs child or, 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 or you've got an elderly parent or, or you're faced with uh, things that are going on in your life, a sick loved one, someone in the hospital or some kind of disease that your family's fighting. We don't know the hurt or the pain of our brothers and sisters. What about our brothers and sisters in war-torn countries? You need to lift them up in prayer, but we need to get strong in our faith. Amen. It's real easy to look at what is wrong, get depressed and lose your unprotected faith if you're not careful. Just because you join the family of God doesn't mean you escape the family of mankind. Blessed are those that are not offended, John. Cause of me. My ways are not your ways. God, why'd you allow my loved one to be in the hospital? God's no respecter of persons. We live in a fallen world. It rains on the just and on the unjust. God, why'd you allow my loved one to die? Everyone loses loved ones. It is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. God, why didn't you hear my prayer? Maybe he did. I'm not trying to be sarcastic nor calloused. But might I tell you no is an answer. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is this is my will. Sometimes the answer is this is my plan. Now that doesn't mean that you throw the towel in, you quit hoping, you quit praying. You know, I've been praying, I've been preaching a lot of faith messages and, and believe it or not, this is one of them. You, you don't think so right now, but, but hang on a minute. Sometimes God says no permanently. And then other times He says no, not now. But whether it's no permanently 
or know for now. If you lose your faith, your eternity doesn't look too good. I've heard people say, I'm mad at God. I'm angry at God. I don't think I've ever said those words. If it went through my mind, I rebuked it out real quick. Hello? He's a God of love, but He's a God of judgment too. I understand that I am one breath away from eternity. You need to understand that God in heaven is the one that keeps your heart thumping. It is His air in your lungs. You need to be humble before God. You need to remain reverent before God. Don't sin with your mouth when you do not understand the plan, nor the choices, nor the decisions of God. Protect your faith and do not sin with your mouth. Don't let your faith be injured. Don't allow it to be violated, deluded, killed, or diminished, or misguided. But grow your faith. Feed your faith. Strengthen your faith. How do you do that? Count your victories. You good at counting your problems? How about counting your wins? How about the time before when God did heal you? What about all the many times you should have been dead? See, you, you tend to forget about all those things. The, the promotions, the if it had not been for the Lord, who could say that tonight? If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I have been? Yeah, I'm going through some struggles tonight, but, but my normal is still blessed. I still have a nice bed to lay in. I still have good clothes to wear. I still have transportation, my health. I still have Jesus as my Lord. When the devil wants to come to you saying, where's your God now? Say, he's right where he's always been, stupid. I like sending kids out. I can talk like that. The devil can't read your mind. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. You don't need to be over here praying these little milk toast silent prayers. How can you cast any devil out like that? You don't pray like a victim. You pray like a winner. You pray like a victor. When the devil says something stupid to you, talk back to him. Say, you are a liar and the father of it. I cast that down. No, I do not receive that word. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. I'm not going down. I'm going up. I'm not going to... If I am attacked, I'll come out on top. He has made me the head and not the tail. I know in whom I have believed. And He is still here with me today. You got to shake off some depression. The song they sang tonight, that's old school. Damon was doing old school stuff. Some of the new ones probably like, what's he doing with his hand like that? No more shackles, no more chains. What, is that some kind of new wave or something? No, you know what he's doing? You know what that is? I'm shaking off the shackles. I'm shaking off the chains. I'm casting away every doubt, every fear, everything that has injured or attacked my faith. I refuse it. I shake it off. Give thanks in your storm for what is right. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
But doubt comes also by hearing, but that is through the word of man. You don't need to listen to every opinion. You need to get too busy. You don't have time for that. Don't let the devil make you afraid. Yeah, I, didn't get, I need to say that again. I didn't get one response out of that. Don't, don't, don't let the devil make you afraid. Well, I, I just don't know. They, they just, that might happen. Or they could do this. Or they could do that. Or, oh, what if I... Oh, 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 give me a nerve pill. Some point in time, you got to stand up and say, hang on a minute here. I've carried this pitiful, worried little sick, what if, what if, if it is what if, then God's going to walk through it with me just like He has everything else. Who do I put my faith in? My faith is in the Lord. Somebody needs to declare it tonight. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You need to remember that you didn't make it this far through all of your stuff by yourself. You don't need to get think or arrogance or your pride. You didn't make it here by yourself. All the times back through your life you said, boy, I was lucky, man. <laughs> you need to repent. If, you, if you're still saying that, you need to repent. I don't know if there's no such thing as luck. I know there's such a thing as blessing and favor. You call Jesus your Lord. You need not never call another person lucky, especially yourself. That is witchcraft. That is voodoo. That is that is from the dark. What what you you don't well the stars were aligned just right. Hang on a minute. That's karma. Karma. Do you know where that comes from? You need to, you need to study the root of what you're repeating heard. Keep your karma. Take some caramel. Keep your karma. Some caramel in that. Look. Oh, did you say karma? No, karma, karma, no. Well, the stars were just aligned. Hang on a second. If you're reading a horoscope and all that, you, you need to go repent. Hang on a minute. I don't care if the stars disappear. I know who put them there. Your faith needs to be revived. I want to give you a shot of faith adrenaline right in your veins. You need to shake off the pitiful, fearful, stressful, cast down, defeated attitude, feeling like you're beat up. No, God's still with you. It's just a trial. It's just a valley. Blast through it. You're going to pop out on the other side. Stronger and blessed. You know how many times that I've had to encourage myself? I've asked others. I said, I'm supposed to be the encourager of everybody in my life. But who encourages the encourager? When the encourager has run out of courage. You have to get the fight on the inside of you. It's good to have each other. And thank God for kind words. Thank God for all the prayers you pray. 
But when the chips are down and when it looks like everything is gloomy, you need to get on your face. You need to pick your own self up by the bootstraps. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. You need to know how to get a hold of God and say you were with me back there. You need to take a trip back down memory lane. I remember the doors that you opened for me. I remember that miracle and that miracle and that miracle. And I remember what you showed me, what you kept me from, what you gave me. You need to encourage yourself sometimes. You're not going to injure my faith. Oh, no. You better get behind me, you doubtful demon, you. You don't need nobody coming to you with that. You need you need coming to the house of faith to get around somebody else that's going to jack you up and you're already challenged faith. Say, that's nothing. God made us. He can heal us. Let's agree together in prayer right now. In the name of Jesus, we are healed by your stripes, by your stripes. We are healed. We're claiming deliverance. We're claiming healing. We're claiming fullness and restoration. In the name of Jesus, you will live and not die. That's what you need to hear. Nehemiah. How many has ever read from the book of Nehemiah? Beautiful book. Beautiful story. If you want to know where to read, that's, that's a good book. If you, if you read it, it's easy to understand. Nehemiah returns back to build the walls around Jerusalem after they have been destroyed from Babylonian attack and overtaking the city and the land of Judah some 70 years prior. The walls of the city were fortified at one time. The walls of cities were the protection. It was to keep the evil out and to keep the precious in. Not all walls are bad walls. We need to put walls around our family. We need to put walls around our children. We need to put walls around our marriage. And we need to put walls around our faith. Nehemiah goes and he circles the city. Now the wall is still there, but the only problem is, is it's not called a wall when Nehemiah goes because it's lying on the ground. Sometimes the wall is already there. It just needs to be erected. And he goes and he casts his vision to the people. He says, we're going to join together. And you know what he did? He encouraged them. He put vision in them. He put courage in them. And he got the families together. And you know how the walls were built? Family to family. One family built one part of the wall, and where it stopped at one family, another family took over. You know how we're supposed to build the kingdom of God? Family to family. Where one stops, the other is picking up. Amen. Might I tell you tonight, my dear Christian brother or sister, part of this job for the kingdom belongs to you. But if you're discouraged, you'll say, I could never do that. I could never leave, live this life. 
Nehemiah rallies the remnants of Jerusalem, the people, and he says, we're going to build this wall around the city. And the wall starts coming up, and here comes the haters. The haters will leave you alone as long as you're defeated. As long as you don't aspire to do anything. The wall started to come up, and here come two. There were more than two, but two men, I'm, I'm not far from finished, their names was Tobiah and Sanballat. Now, shame on their mothers for giving them such names, but... I mean, can you imagine looking down at a crib, a little baby, and say, oh, send ballot. But, but anyway, I, I, think, I think about crazy stuff like that. But, but, but anyway, I hope no one in here's name's Tobias or send ballot. I, I apologize to you and your mama. If, I, I, I did, I, that didn't even cross my mind. But, but, but anyway, but, but anyway, that's beside. I, I got off track there, but. They, they were haters. They stood back and mocked. Now, they were not willing to help build. We need to learn some things from Nehemiah. We don't need to listen to one word for those who are not helping us fulfill our purpose. Amen. They laughed. The walls started coming up. They say, what do you pitiful bunch of Jews think you're going to do? Says, if a fox run on that puny wall, look at that, it collapsed. Says, come down here and let us talk to you. I love this part of the story. The section, the community they were in, the region was called the land of Ono. It was. Study the word. I'm not sure, but Nehemiah probably said, Oh no. I'm not coming down to talk to you. I'm going to stay focused with what I'm doing. Hello? And because he did not listen to the wrong ones, he knew that they just wanted to sow doubt in his heart. They tried to make him fearful. They had false accusations. They were telling lies on him. And he didn't want, he refused to come down and listen to that. Let me tell you the results of it. The wall around the entire city of Jerusalem was rebuilt in only 52 days. But you cannot build what God's called you to do if you leave your faith vulnerable to attack. How many believes that God's got a purpose for your life? Amen. Won't you stand and raise your hand to the Lord? How many believes that God's called you to something? Yes. Come on. Do you believe that? Do you believe you have a purpose? All the devil wants to do is to attack you in your faith. You need to tonight, you need to talk back to him and say, No, devil, not today. Not today, devil. And I'm already telling you now, don't come back tomorrow because it's no tomorrow too. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bow down. I'm not I'm not gonna live doubtful. I'm not gonna live fearful. I wish I had some people that would believe this. You gotta make up in your mind. I'm tonight if your faith has been attacked if you are worried if you are fearful if you are doubtful if you are stressed I'm asking without delay step out of your pew come to this altar tonight God didn't give me this message just to sermonize you but he sent me with this word 
because he's wanting to do an exchange with you in this altar tonight. He's wanting to take some of that stuff away and he's wanting to replace it with hope and peace and joy. Thank you for listening to New Life Today with Lawson Whitson. We hope that this message equipped you and empowered you to live the Christian life. We would like to invite you to attend one of our dynamic services, either in person or online. Visit nlcjc.org, that's nlcjc.org, for the campus and service times that work for you. Be sure to connect with us on social media, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. We look forward to being with you next time on New Life Today with Awesome Winston.